When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome once again to the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, today joined by Wrestling Inc.'s own Raj Geary and Dennis Farrell. We're going to talk about SmackDown Live, the superstar shakeup that happened on April 11th, 2017. Guys, how's it going? Good, man. Good, good to see you, man. Raj, how, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. How about you? Doing well, doing well. So interesting SmackDown last night. Follow up on Raw. We see uh, the new stars that are coming over to the blue brand. We, uh, yeah, really kind of set the landscape for where things are going forward. Some definite surprises, some stuff that was predicted, and a very interesting talking smack that happened after SmackDown Live. So, Dennis, to start with you, your big picture thoughts on the second half of the Superstar Shakeup and what it means for SmackDown Live. SmackDown Live rebounded a lot better than I thought they would. After watching Raw on Monday night, I really felt like they got picked over pretty bad. And you kind of knew it was going to happen. They don't want their A show to come in second to their own brand and ratings. But they rebounded okay. Uh, I wonder the heavyweight picture going forward might feel a little thin superstar talent-wise for SmackDown. But maybe they can develop somebody. Maybe this is a chance for Rusev to step up and become a main eventer again. Yeah. Raj, your thoughts? Um, I thought... I thought Rod, just in terms of star power, probably benefited a little more from the the shakeup, just slightly. But um, I feel like SmackDown will probably do more with the people that they got than than Raw will. So, I it it might be uh, it might be to SmackDown's benefit how it all turned out. I think SmackDown with the format and the way that they're able to do things within that two-hour format and have Talking Smack after. I mean, granted, think about what we were saying after the draft last summer. It seems like, oh, man, Raw's the hot show. SmackDown's a little more niche, a little more esoteric, a little more the IWC favorites, but not so heavy on the mainstream attention as Raw was. And then SmackDown, the format is where it really shined. Um, and just what creative was able to do with the show. So I think, you know, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt going forward. To an extent, I mean, how? I mean, really, how many people uh, rose a lot on SmackDown? It, it was kind of like the Miz and the Miz. Baron Cor- Baron Corbin, and uh, the Miz and the Miz, and, yeah. James Ellsworth and the Miz. Uh, uh, no, look at where James Ellsworth <laughs> is now. Yeah. So, uh, it was the Miz. So yeah. um, let's not let's not act like SmackDown some uh, star creating machine. It, For a brief moment in time, man, Heath Slater and Rhino were really over. For that, remember that like one like two week period when well, everyone... yeah, those comedy acts. I mean, they get over yeah. for a bit, but there's a you know there's a, a point where it dies out. You look at Damian Sandow, yeah. Adam Rose. I mean, you know anyone when you're when you got a funny gimmick, it, it the joke gets old after a while. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I don't see them. Uh, I don't see them reaching their their old heights on Raw. Yeah. Well, we'll see what but we'll there. see. Uh, so let's let's go through the show. Uh, break it down. Starting up, Kevin Owens. Well, actually, starting up first off, uh, Tom Phillips, JBL, and Byron Saxton. Now, I tweeted this. This is this is a rib on uh, JBL, right? They're just like you. You want to be on your best behavior? We're going to make this really tough by putting Byron Saxton next to you and traveling with you for the foreseeable future. I think Byron Saxton's better than David Atunga. Oh, I think uh, uh, <laughs> Rock. You uh, just a Rock. Was probably provides more insightful commentary than David Otunga does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like David Otunga. I think he he's you know you could he's a good guy. He, um, but you get you get no insight from his commentary. You don't ever hear anything where you're like, oh wow, that's interesting, or that I, I did not know that. And from someone who's wrestled, who's been in the ring, uh, you'd hope to get some of that, which you don't at all from him. At least Byron. Um, David Otunga makes uh, observations that a casual fan would make, whereas Byron's a, a little better than that. So um, it helps SmackDown out a little. I think they got to get rid of JBL, but um, I'm in the commentary booth because I, I don't think he adds much to the show. He did seem a little restrained last night. Dennis, your thoughts? I, I think Byron has has grown into the role that he has a lot better than Otunga, and I'm not knocking knocking him at all. I just think Byron is more entertaining. I guess he has that it the flash factor. 
uh, on the mic that you can sit back and go, okay, you're exactly right, Raj. He's just a little more refined, and it flows better. And you could even hear the difference on this Smack SmackDown that it was it was just a lot more smoother because uh, Tonga just seems like it was a little broken up, and sometimes it would drag the mood down when he would talk. And Byron, I think, knows uh, knows that what his role is in the chemistry of the commentary. I think he knows how to set stuff up. Um, certainly on Raw, I think it became great. Like, I think he knew how to set up Corey to make a snarky remark at him. Um, they had a really nice rhythm and flow. And I think with JBL, it'll be good. I just think back to that ride along uh, with JBL and uh, Cole and Byron. And it was just like, yeah, I, I don't know how much of that they script, but it seems like, man, they really don't like Byron. <laughs> so I think it's going to be funny just to, just to see uh, JBL dealing with that going forward but uh well, byron byron picked the perfect time to to get over because you would think that jbl is on his best behavior now backstage so. oh yeah yeah no i think it's gonna be it's gonna be tough so what are you hearing last night um i know wrestling has, has had the coverage of all these developments with jbl um someone got ejected from the venue for having yeah. a sign last night yeah yeah someone had a jbl bullied me uh sign oh, and i think they were from what I heard, that they asked the fan to give up the sign, he wouldn't do it, so he got ejected. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> I mean, he was in you know front and center in camera view, so I could see why WWE you know wouldn't want that there. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, there were fire fire Bradshaw chants last night. Um, I don't know. I don't know how long this story sticks around. If it does, if it dies out after this week. Um, it, it might die down until Moro decides to open up, but yeah, um, you know, it right now it doesn't appear like WWE is going to take any action. So, Can, let me ask you guys this: uh, Could this be one of those cases where maybe they make a crack about it, almost like the New Day did with the scandal, and kind of relieve the pressure? I, I mean, New Day made one eight-second joke, and it was all dead. Everybody moved on. Do you think if they just kind of nod that, hey, this thing's going on, and move on? that maybe the fans will, you know, take follow with them? Perhaps. I mean, f you know, I, I could see fans just forgetting about it anyways. You know, I think, uh, you know, things die out quick in, in this day and age. So, I mean, Xavier, you know, people were wondering how long it'd be before he re returned to TV. He was back two weeks later, you know, he's in that post-Mania, WrestleMania crowd, uh, post-WrestleMania Raw crowd and got nothing. So, People, uh, people move on quick. So I don't know, you know, again, if Moro does a shoot interview, I could see it all being raised. And, and if Moro discussed exactly what happened, you know, um, Pat Militich, you know, former UFC welterweight, I believe he was welter the first UFC welterweight champion, um, you know, has posted a tweet saying that JBL strong armed tomorrow. And, you know, he wants to have a, uh, he's got a problem with JBL. So mm -hmm. there's more to the story that, you know, it's it's more than just what JBL said on uh, bring it to the table. It, it appears so, uh, but we we just have to see if Morrow decides to come out with that. Yeah, I think if the WWE acknowledges it in a joking way, then I think it will explode and just go get, get it like ten times worse. Yeah, I could see fans losing their minds over it because this isn't a. Uh, it's just because it, it represents a bullying backstage atmosphere and and. WWE just kind of brushing it off, I think, would just anger fans and, and media even more. Yeah, but at the same time, man, can you imagine if they got to do a, some Be A Star vignettes coming up in the next few weeks? Like, I'm, I'm, oh. yeah. yeah, I'm sure they're putting those on hold if they are. Oh, I'm sure they're so, so, thank God we have that stupid little lungs thing telling kids not to smoke. You know, <laughs> like, thank God we're stuck in that for a while. That little lungs thing seems like it's a parody of anti-smoking PSAs. I know, it's so bad. It's so bad. Like, and I don't know why. I don't know who comes up with this stuff. It's it's got to be pitched to like eight year olds because I can't see teenagers finding that effective. So I mean, it's got to be targeted to like really young kids. I'm, it's nice to see a break from people yanking out their own teeth on a weekly basis. And that one PSA that I feel like was all over raw for a year. You know, <laughs> yeah. the, the Sasha Banks one's even worse because it just seems way too cheesy. 
Although I did like they scripted the line of what was it like? I could see his future literally. No, not literally. You know, it was just that like a one little clever part. Um, but yeah, they're just oh, it's so bad. Uh, okay, so back to someone this. wrote that the little lungs yeah. commercial is their smoke break. Yeah, there we go. There Jeez. we go. Um, yeah, I spend my commercials going. I wonder where Mike K from the Bosley ad. Can I just follow him on Twitter? Is he online somewhere? And apparently, other people have looked for it, but nothing yet. Uh, one day, Mike. One day, Mike. Um, back to the superstar shakeup so kevin owens came out kicked off the show he is indeed on smackdown now now we we predicted this based on monday night um he was interrupted by corbin which at first was like oh man like uh worried about where that's going um because that'd be an odd first feud to have uh ko uh, shades of bret hart last night with his anti-america canadian superiority uh work that he was doing there and uh, then interrupted by Sami Zayn, loved owen's reaction to that and interrupted by aj styles setting up a number one contender match for the u.s title to happen uh that happened later in the evening uh they're still saying that owens versus jericho is happening at payback which is a raw branded pay-per-view but the winner of that will go on to face the uh, winner of the number one contender match last night so raj your uh, thoughts first on this what do you think about owens coming over and Zayn? and what did you think of the segment last night um, I thought Owens, I, I thought uh, he did a great promo here. Um, his quasi shaven looks going to get some getting used to. Um, yeah. I don't know. He just came to me. Just he just came across as uh, uh, he looked more out of shape. Uh, he did look kind of like a chunkier Bobby Roode last night. Yeah, you? yeah. I don't know. I, I I don't know if that. I mean, again, maybe it's just uh, not not being used to it, but. Um, I thought he, 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 you know, he seems like, I always like when people try to, uh, when they turn heel or when they turn babyface or switch, that they try to change their image a little bit, try to change, you know, uh, their attire or whatever. Uh, you know, Chris Jericho always does it whenever he turns heel or, or babyface or returns. He tries to change his persona a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, so it seemed like he was doing that here. He seemed, um, he seemed, remo- you know, uh, remotivated and, uh, he was going strong on the anti-U.S. stuff, and I, I, I hope that's not his new shtick. I hope it was just for this crowd because I think he's above that. I think that the anti-U.S. stuff is just outdated, especially with Canada and the U.S. It just seems so 90s. But uh, I thought I thought Owens did great here. And Sami Zayn, uh, again, I think SmackDown seems like the right place for him. I think he'll get more of an opportunity to shine. But um, So, yeah, it was good seeing him here, too. Who in creative kept making him put over that face of America line? I mean, I'm talking smack. We got it. We got it uh, on SmackDown. I just, I really worry where they're going with this character right now. Uh, Dennis, what did you think? I thought Kevin Owens nailed it. He's talking to a Boston crowd who we hate the Montreal Canadiens. I'm originally from Boston. So he played that anti-American pro-Canadian thing played perfect to that crowd. It was phenomenal i think if there was a place a town to do it it would have been right there he nailed it i was a, a head scratcher with the aj styles thing because you know we know that i guess he's turning face and he was very polite uh oh yeah it, when he came out and he was to same Zayn, like hey no offense i'm talking to these guys i was like wow wasn't it just like a couple weeks ago you just threw some guy's head through a car and you shook his head and it was over and now you're face again that that face turn came pretty quick and just without a real explanation. It was a handshake and a hey, no offense, but you know, minus AJ Styles, this was one of those Bill Cosby. One of these things are not like the other, and AJ Styles was the one that shouldn't have been there. I mean, I I think AJ should be in the world title picture as opposed to the U.S. title picture. But I think turning babyface is the right move. He's the most over. You know, he gets more cheers than anyone on SmackDown. Uh, so it just seems like the, the right move to me, but, um, yeah, it'll be interesting where Orton, you know, who's next for Orton. I think it's too soon for Shinsuke Nakamura. I assumed it would have been AJ, but if yeah. AJ is in the U S title picture, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Let's talk about that last night. Uh, interesting match. <laughs> Eric Rowan versus, uh, Randy Orton. What were your thoughts on that, Raj? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know. It was, you it was know, I, I always get crap because people think yeah. I, I dog on Randy Orton too much, but 
this match sucked. The ending was perplexing. And uh, yeah, Bray on both shows this week. Yeah, which makes sense since they're they're wrestling at at Payback, and yeah, you know that that match was originally scheduled for Backlash. They moved it up, so um, so that made sense. And I, I can't wait for that feud to be over. Yeah, Dennis, what do you think? And who do you think they uh, pair Randy with next? Uh, I couldn't even tell you it right now. I don't know if they really know, but I, I'll say this about Eric Rowan, and I said this a few weeks ago about Luke Harper. And I got a bunch of, of poo from the fans here that, you know, eventually Luke Harper is going to be a job. Or everybody's like, oh, no, he's too amazing. Where's he been, guys? Anybody, anybody seen him? He's on the back of a milk carton. That's how quick Aaron – and I love this new Eric Rowan mask thing. That's pretty – Really? I'm digging that, man. You're not. Huh. Looks like something Slipknot was like, nope, not for us. <laughs> We're just like too hokey. Listen, this yeah. match was just built to set up Bray Bray Wyatt and keep everybody remembering that he, him, and Randy are going at it. It and that's all it was. I, I we knew what was going to happen. He's going to turn around. Rowan was going to do something. Orton will RKO. Good night. We're going to move on. So, Tate, it's your smoke break. Yeah. It. Uh, I mean, this ended. I mean, it ended with Rowan. You know left standing while Orton was down, right? Orton yeah, never hit the, the RKO. Steps and the thing and even though Orton pretty much destroyed Rowan last week. Um so he got busted open last night. Yeah, do do you could tell what he was saying after that happened too. <laughs> uh it was it wasn't PG. Yeah. But um yeah, I think uh I think the the more that Rowan clings on to the Wyatt Wyatt gimmick with these with the masks and those coveralls uh he, the 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 more people see him as the job guy of the Wyatt family he needs a clean break and and you know just a, a complete change of character I think something it was uh you know what I could almost see and it, they're not going in this direction but I almost think man uh if they put him in like a strongman onesie with that beard he could have paired with Aiden English and revive the fought villains <laughs> You know, with that look. Um, but yeah, anything would be an improvement over, uh, you know, the potato sack they're dressing him in right now. I don't um, think the Bob villains would be. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. You know, we got uh, they're, they're pushing Aiden back is the artiste again. That was a nice surprise last night. Um, OK, so uh, Orton technically won by DQ. Bray called him out, <clears throat> reminded people the House of Horrors match is happening. Uh, Raj, you wrote about this. Uh, the survey went out. They're considering like chainsaws for this, or they're asking people like, "What do you want to see in the House of Horrors match?" <laughs> yeah, um, I, I wish one of the options was we just don't want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, the, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of sort of befuddlement right now. Uh, speaking of which, uh, when, when, when they get too creative with these things, like when they tried that Ambrose Asylum match, uh, it, it just, I, I just hope it doesn't become way too hokey. And remember uh, with Dean Ambrose, with his match with Brock Lesnar, he was teasing a chainsaw and all this stuff and nothing happened. And, you know, I, they used a couple normal weapons and that was it. Look Let's uh, not forget the amazing Punjabi prison match that we were all treated to many years ago, guys. I'm excited for this. <laughs> I just wonder if anyone in the WWE actually knows how, how you use a sledgehammer. Because it seems like every time one of those is in a match, it's like that weird, I'm putting my hand over it and like poking you in the gut with it. I don't know. Like these weapons matches, it's just, it's like, I think they're trying to tell people like, hey man, this is going to be like some crazy ECW, you know, Japanese wrestling stuff you can only find on the internet in the early 2000s. We're going to set it up like that but then it's except done. no blood. Yeah. Except no blood <laughs> and no one's actually going to get hurt. Right. No one's stapling uh, stuff to their forehead. The PG version of all that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, speaking of creative befuddlement title team, uh, title match for the tag team uh, belt, American alpha versus the Usos put on an actually pretty solid match that the Usos retained with. But then at the end, the big surprise out of nowhere, Primo and Epico lay out Gable. <laughs> <laughs> the shining stars have come to SmackDown a lot. Um, so they, Rob, yeah, they, they didn't call them the shining stars, did no. they? Primo no. and just Primo and Epico. Renee uh, referred to them as shining stars on Talking Smack. That, I wonder if that was an accident, because it seemed like they were purposely not calling them the shining stars on this, which I think is great. 
you know, I think just being, you know, Epico and Primo and dropping the, that whole real estate gimmick <laughs> is, uh, does them a lot of favors. I don't see them being a headline act by any means, but uh, that gimmick was killing them. Oh man. Like JBL and Byron, they were trying to put them over last night a bit being, you know, Oh my God. So vicious. So dangerous. The primo Epico. Um, what was uh Ziggler's comment on talking smack? I look forward to seeing them on live events. last night. <laughs> no, he was being serious. I mean, Epico and primo are talented guys. I mean, they're really good workers. It's just, uh, you know, they're bogged down by this lame gimmick. I mean, you, yeah. you, they can really go and, and have a good match if, if they're given time and, and the right opponents. So, and I, I mean, Dolph was being serious there. Hmm. It was hard to tell whenever someone comes out, you know, chewing an apple, it's just like, is this, is this a heel promo? Is this cocky? What I think, you know, speaking of which, I think you bring back Carlito, you know, try to work hmm. out some deal with them and, and, and it gives them a little, uh, a little spark. Maybe. Like Could them. very well happen. So, what'd you guys think of uh, the match between American Alpha and the Usos last night? It was good. You know, I sat back, I enjoyed it. the The primo thing was a shocker because I think we all kind of were waiting for New Day to come out or or somebody new to come interfere in this match because I couldn't see a clean inning, especially on SmackDown with the shakeup going. It happened. I was a little shocked. It was primo. It was one of two swerves that we kind of got there. Yeah, I, I wonder if they're holding off the new day until Kofi can come back. Oh, well, maybe we'll see. I mean, it could. It sounds like it'll be a few weeks before Kofi can return. So uh, they can still do some stuff with the new day, but I think it's clear that Usos and New Day are probably next, and then it's American Alpha with Epico and Primo. Hmm, that'll be interesting. But I thought the match was good. I think yeah. the Usos and American Alpha work really well together. I, I think I wish the Usos would get a little more promo time because they're really good on the mic and and they're really comfortable in this heel role. And they've been great on Talking Smack. So I don't know why they're not giving even, them moments. Yeah, even when they've done promos on SmackDown, they, they nailed it out of the park. So, yeah. I, I The Usos have turned around so much that I actually found myself Googling where I can get one of those day one-ish hoodies. That's how, that's how much I've turned around on the Usos to where I'm like, okay, they're actually kind of cool now. They must have them at WWE Shop. They got everything. I didn't there. see them. I didn't see them uh, really? last night. Think someone was telling me like that was like an ed, uh, custom buy that they did. I read online that it's not even meant to be merch, kind of like that Heath Slater free agent shirt. Like I would have bought the free agent shirt, but that was just the thing he had made. Yeah, I want to get the day one ish fanny pack. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Rock that. Uh, speaking of old merch, uh, after that we had Mojo versus <laughs> Jinder Mahal. Man, so they're gonna get Gronk there, and they've got him wearing a Mojo Stay Hype shirt from 2015 that the shop hasn't even had for a year. Uh, like, man, when's Mojo gonna get something new if they're actually giving him a push now? I don't think it matters. I think the sales will be about the same. We'll stay hey, I, I bought a Hype Bros shirt. It was on a buy one get one free I mean, sale, you, but still, you, you were the one. I was. I, I've <laughs> seen people wearing those, man. You know, like the Hype Bros. Uh, you know, I, I like Ryder. I like Mojo. Uh, I thought it was interesting last night putting him with Jinder and continuing that feud. Um, Jinder, so this this is his chance, right? This is his opportunity to grab the brass ring. They're putting him in these segments. He's getting that heel heat, getting in Gronk's face. Talking smack, they gave him like five minutes just to talk, which yeah. I thought was good. Um, yeah, I mean, I, stage is set, ahead. right? He could be he could be this one of the breakout stars of the superstar shakeup. Yeah, usually it's hard to you know when people to get from that job guy status to even mid card. Once you've been you know relegated to that, it, it's it's hard to get out of it. Um, but he's trying. I mean, he's doing what he's doing to you know get his physique. I mean, he was talking about having one of the best physiques in WWE, or I think he said the best physique in WWE, mm -hmm. which it might be now. Uh, especially, you know, Cena's not a full-timer, so, uh, you know, of everyone there, he's probably there. So, um, you know, he's he's trying. He, he has been better in the ring. I, I know, you know, the, the spot with Finn, and we'll talk about that more uh, yeah. after the SmackDown recap. Um, but accidents do happen in the ring, but, man, he nailed Finn. But other than that, you know, he, he hasn't been bad in the ring, and um, we'll see. We'll see if, if WWE decides to give him more, but... You know, he's not getting squashed like he used to. Yeah. Dennis, what'd you think? To me, it all just feels like a way to get Gronk on TV and involved in the WWE. I don't feel like they're really pushing Mojo. I don't really feel like they're burying or pushing gender. I just feel like it's all built around 
whatever we can get out of Gronkowski while we have him. And I look, I, as I said, I'm Boston guy, but Gronk in the whole Jersey shore fist pump thing he's got going on is lame. I just wish <laughs> l- let Gronk go do whatever he's doing on some party boat somewhere and let us have some wrestling. I don't want to see these two guys set Gronk up just to never see Gronk again, or, you know, another shoulder tackle or, you know, who was the guy from WCW, Greg, uh, you know, one of the football players or a Carl Malone thing. I, I'm worried that this is where this is going. Were you saying that on Twitter? Who was saying that on Twitter that if this was WCW, Gronk and Mojo already would have headlined a pay-per-view? You know? <laughs> I didn't. I wish I did. They had way better luck at getting athletes in the ring than WWE did. Because, yeah. you, you know, during that time they got Rodman and Carl Malone. I mean, Len- not an athlete, but Leno, uh, Kevin Green. Mongo, you know, they, they got they had a ton of people uh, actually making it to the ring where WWE never, you know, I mean, they got Tyson, but he didn't wrestle. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you got to give it to WCW's credit. They they milked the, the athletes for, you know, um, for what they were worth. And yeah, they probably would have, you know, had them announced for the next pay-per-view by now. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know if the NFL would allow. Uh, I mean, you, you remember what they did with Pac-Man Jones and TNA. <laughs> So I, I, I doubt they'd allow Gronk to wrestle. But. Um, you know, I thought it was okay, though, last night. I think with Mojo and Jinder, it's interesting they're pairing them together. I think uh, because they're both at roughly the same level. I mean, Gronk is the one that's elevating this feud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll see, you know, this week they're in Boston. We'll see when Gronk's not there what they, what they do with Mojo. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so Shane came out, give a state of the women's division last night. Uh, we saw who's still there. Uh, Naomi, Natalia, Carmelo with James Ellsworth and Becky Lynch. And uh, it's weird that they had Ellsworth got on the mic at that point. It was very awkward. Um, <laughs> but whatever. Okay. So then uh, Shane doing a nice uh, little swerve there, doing an introduction of a new member of the division, daughter of a Hall of Famer. Yeah, Tamina uh, is back, which so I, I guess that confirms that Jimmy Snuka is still in the WWE Hall of Fame because yeah. they removed him, you know, uh, from their website when uh, that the, mm-hmm. the the charges were levied against Snuka a couple of years ago. It's really horrible. But I'm like, this is how I think someone in WWE creative works is they're like, let's not do anything with the JBL situation. Maybe he'll die or something in the next couple months. And then we won't have to address all of this because with the Snuka thing, that's really what happened. It was like, we're going to quietly kind of put this. Oh, he's dead. Now it's cool. Hall of Famer. It's all good. What? Murder with him. No, no, no. It's all fine. Yeah. Yeah. He's, um, they did a Hall of Fame video package uh, recently, and he, he wasn't even in that. And Hulk Hogan was because they had removed Hulk Hogan too. Hulk Hogan still is not, is not on the Hall of Fame you know, section of their website, and neither is Snuka. Yeah. Still. What was that Bix tweeted about? Uh, Bix and Span tweeted about a while ago that they shot some new talking heads with Hogan a little while ago. And the idea was like, well, you don't know when we shot the talking heads with Hogan. Like these could have been old ones we just had lying around. Um, I feel like they just keep testing the waters further and further with that to see when people are going to finally let it all die down. I think it has died down. Uh, yeah. I think I think it's been so long. Hogan's kind of he's you know his win over gawker that's what people think about now i think when when they think of hogan not the racist tirade so i think people are over it yeah maybe i mean we'll see what happens uh when they when they finally make that move um so tamina's back and then we have charlotte coming over last night so definitely interesting you know it's funny though i was thinking about it i mean tell me what you guys think of this i was really excited first i was like oh cool we have Tamina now we have charlotte i was like wait a second like tamina and charlotte were on raw together you know, it reminds me of that period kind of when uh, right when uh, Becky and Charlotte came over to WWE. Like to me, that was like the we're still figuring out the women's division period. So I'm curious what they're going to do now that they have it a little more locked in with the way that they book stuff. Oh, I'm sure they'll do a lot. Charlotte's yeah. a whole different level of star now. Oh, yeah. definitely. She's uh, she can. Yeah. And her and Naomi, um, Naomi's so athletic, you know, uh, does really cool flashy moves her match you know putting together matches isn't her strong point and but she is getting better at that and and that's something charlotte's really good at so i think they can have some really cool matches so i'm looking forward to that yeah i'll tell you watching that replay of monday night of nijax dropping charlotte on her head i'm just glad charlotte's okay yeah yeah that was scary and and naya not you know catching her properly on that moonsault from the top 
that was scary too. I mean, she almost, she almost just face planted on the outside. Yeah. So th- I thought Charlotte looked great last night. Um, what do you think about the women's division on SmackDown going forward, Dennis? So thin still. There's not enough bodies. We're, if Charlotte doesn't win and hold that belt for a year, I'm going to be very disappointed because <laughs> by far and away, the best talent, the biggest name there, she should hold that belt and keep that belt and, and kind of keep fending people off because we're going to have one of those situations where we're going to have that belt change hands 9, 10, 11 tw- times this year because there's just not enough jobbers or bodies or enhanced talent in there to really make that division feel full on SmackDown. But I think um, with Charlotte, uh, Naomi, uh, Becky Lynch, it, it's the strongest the SmackDown women's division has been just with those three alone. I think it's going to be Becky versus Charlotte by and large. I mean, they already had that mania match with Sasha last year. I think that they can really carry that division. They could Char- I mean, Becky's dropped down a couple pegs. Um, Although since. last night that crowd reaction, granted it was Boston, but still she's, I think of the SmackDown women, I still think she gets consistently the best reaction. She does, but yeah. management, they've, they've lost some faith in her clearly. I mean, yeah. by, by seeing where she is, but I agree. I think uh, she should be higher and you will definitely see, you know, Charlotte. I mean, we'll see Charlotte against everyone. So, yeah, but I'm sure once Charlotte and Naomi runs its course, that's where they'll go to next. Yeah, we'll see. It was interesting. All the chance for Sasha last night. I was wondering, was there was there a dark main event after? Uh, yeah, two of yeah, yeah. Who was it in Boston? It was uh, Nakamura defeating Ziggler again. Pretty much the same match they had last week. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so after that segment, uh, and, and real quick about yeah. that, I, I yeah. think it's the right move to keep Sasha on Raw. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think she benefits from that, and uh, and it balances it out. I think. I, just, I feel like Sasha's just on pause until they do that heel turn. I mean, it was so frustrating Monday that even they started the heel turn to have that interrupted by Alexa. Maybe maybe they wait till the, the pay-per-view to do it because now yeah. they've teased it. So it's there. Um, yeah. So that now they could go all the way with it or just drop it like they do a lot of times. Like remember Rhino and Heath Slater almost feuding like four or five <laughs> months ago? Yeah. Almost breaking up. <clears throat> I saw creative has just got, I feel, I feel like I know they have an actual staff of creative people, but I feel like some of it is just Vince rambles off these things and people take notes and they're like, yeah, but what about that thing with Sasha and the heel turn? Vince is like, I never said that. And he's like, no, you said the thing about it once. And he's like, oh, I don't remember. Just bury it away. You know, I feel like it's just one guy trying to keep track of all his thoughts uh, with some of these creative decisions. Um, so we got the announcement Sinkara and Rusev are coming over. It's interesting. I mean, so Callisto and Sinkara can't be on the same brand anymore. Um, Good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think Callisto should be in the cruiserweight division. I think yeah. otherwise he'll just keep getting buried and he's a talented guy. Yeah. Um, after that, we had the, uh, well, Rusev, it was an interesting announcement given that he's out, right? He's got a shoulder issue for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's been out for s- several weeks now, and yeah, yeah, I think Lana said he's two to a few, a couple months away from returning. So, um, it, it might be good for him. Hopefully, they give him a, a renewed push when he comes back and, and it freshens him up. I don't know. It almost made it seem like Lana is now a singles. Yeah, you know, she's been doing Absolutely. NXT house shows. She's been doing NXT house shows and wrestling. She's been wrestling for over a year now, but they haven't been really using her as a wrestler. So. Uh, that'll be interesting to see how that goes because Lana is such a, a big part of his act. I, I feel like she adds a lot by being there. No, absolutely. Um, Aiden English doing the singing gimmick versus Ty Dillinger. This was like an episode of NXT from 2014. Uh, what did you think of the match, Dennis? And what do you think the hopes are for Aiden English now post Vaude Villains? I think that's what you see is what you get. We'll probably get a little something like that every week where he comes out and tries to sing a song and then someone pops out in the middle of it and then they go to fisticuffs and he gets put down. I Sadly, I don't see anything more than that for him going forward unless he totally changes himself and reinvents. But, you know, Ty looked great. I, that yeah. was a fun match. It was a quick match and it got a great story in just that little bit of time they had to do it. I was I was happy with it. You know what drives me what drives me crazy right now with WWE with NXT is they assume that the the audience knows who all these NXT guys are. And uh you know when you do a post WrestleMania raw, yes, a lot a, a big ch- chunk of the audience does know. 
and at TV, more people are going to know who these guys are than at live events. But you're talking about hundreds of thousands of people that watch NXT on a weekly basis versus Raw and SmackDown, which is millions and, you know, three million plus for Raw and and like, you know, 2.5, 2.8 for SmackDown. So it's a fraction of the audience that really knows who these NXT guys are. They should give these guys vignettes to kind of explain who they are. I mean, someone that doesn't watch NXT and sees the whole tent thing, they're like, what the hell is that with Ty Dillinger? Or, uh, you know, Aiden all of a sudden singing. If you're not familiar with his NXT work, you don't know what that is. And uh, so it would be good to introduce these guys more to an audience that doesn't know who they are. Correct me if I'm wrong. I can't remember the last time we saw in SmackDown or Raw um, actual footage from NXT, like from a wrestler, like a career retrospective of, you know, their greatest hits from NXT. I think I know we see the NXT promos in between, but I can't remember the last time they used that sort of package. Yeah, I, I, I don't either. And and they could do just a quick, you know, a quick video package of Ty, you know, discussing, you know, his time with NXT, yeah. coming up with the 10 thing, uh, how it got over with the fans. So at least people know, oh, that's what the 10 thing is, if they're not familiar with it. Yeah. So, anyway. No, I think they benefit greatly. Uh, so we're going to talk about the rest of the show in a moment. But first, want to take a second and thank the sponsor of this episode, DDPY. Got to check it out. Specifically, their awesome Max Pack used by the likes of Chris Jericho, AJ Styles, Mick Foley, Gold Dust, tons of other WWE stars who love using DDPY. And for a limited time, we've got a deal for you. You can get the DDP Yoga Now app for 25% off, or you can get 25% off the DVDs, which includes three months of full access to the DDP Yoga Now app. And you can also buy a Max or Combo Pack at 25% off and get 50% off the second one. You've heard us talk about it. DDP Yoga is changing people's lives uh, with the app. God, amazing things, all sorts of different DDPY workouts, motivational messages from Diamond Dallas Page himself. He even has cooking lessons teaching you how to make healthy food taste amazing. To take advantage of these deals, head on over to ddpyoga.com slash wrestling inc. That's ddpyoga.com slash wrestling inc. I've said it before, partner up with a friend or a loved one, get a max or combo pack at 25% off, get 50% off the second one. Nothing like having an accountability buddy to help you get in shape and stick with the program. Again, that's ddpyoga.com slash wrestling inc. We thank them for sponsoring the show show diamond dallas page 2017 wwe hall of fame congrats on making it in man you definitely deserve it ddpyoga.com slash wrestling inc and raj you're gonna have an interview with ddp going up on the site soon aren't you yeah part of it's already been up um excellent so but yeah the the rest uh should be next week i, I got medusa kurt angle this week uh so yeah that should be next week cool and th- will there be some interviews going out in the podcast feed continuing uh yeah i mean cool. the kurt angle one should be there this afternoon yeah. And you know, if you haven't checked it out yet, we're doing daily headlines in the podcast feed. So if you subscribe to this on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher, you can get daily wrestling news from the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Just short little two minute updates. Yeah. It just kind of gives you a brief uh, rundown of all the day's events. Oh. Yeah. It's been awesome so far. Uh, so back to SmackDown Live, we then had Ziggler in the ring. Kind of a nice uh, confrontation with Nakamura last night. You know, not resulting really in a match just Ziggler attempting to get a kick Nakamura catching it what do you think of this Dennis and this uh continued build to really not seeing them go yet I'm okay with this you build them up the as you guys said earlier you know people who are not quite familiar with the NXT brand what you're doing is building up Nakamura letting people kind of go out figure out who he is and you build up a personality. It was great to see him pick up the mic and, and and say a word or two. I was I was happy with that. I was a little disappointed we didn't see the uh, violinist out there this week. <laughs> I, you look, it's the small things, guys. I'll be the first one to admit it. Part of part of his shtick is the violinist, and that kind of makes me pop when you see the light and you know that's when he comes out. You didn't you didn't see it this week, and I really hope that you know at least for pay-per-views, you give him that special fill entrance when he comes out because I think that's a big part of his, who he is is how he comes out. Yeah, they. I mean, they can't do that every week because that guy has a day job, <laughs> you know. Uh, and I, I don't know if they want to hire a violinist to take on the road for the entrance, but I do agree using it for the pay-per-views would, would be good. Um, the, problem I, the problem with WWE pay-per-views is they don't really do much special with the entrances. Like every takeover, you see them trying to trying to do something special and the the, the b show pay-per-views are everyone just comes out just the same you know just the screens are changed a little bit and and that's about it 
Mania and SummerSlam, it seems like they put all the effort towards the entrances there, if that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Definitely um, Mania, and the rest is up in the air. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting. I like that they let Nakamura have at least a little bit of mic time last night. Uh, so it's not just going to be all Dolph talking. Uh, but it was interesting on Talking Smack. Dolph was kind of telegraphing it and even saying like, oh, yeah, it's, you know, getting these confrontations, but we're not actually going to wrestle until the, paper in the next pay-per-view. It's like, man, the next SmackDown pay-per-view is a long way away. Yeah, we got like four weeks, right? Yeah, like which is forever in WWE time. Like that's a lot of episodes of SmackDown to watch these two facing off. I kind of like with Dolph and his look um, in this that it's a little going. Uh, you know, even he was wearing the shiny jacket last night. It's it's it seems like he's going back to those elements that match with Shinsuke more. It does give it that sort of that '80s rock feel. If we have Shinsuke in the red leather, Dolph in the black leather, they're both doing sort of a rock and roll thing, which I thought was subtle but but cool. I I think uh you know I think Dolph is a great choice for the first feud. You know, I thought Miz would have been great. Um but you know they they shift shifted gears and sent him to Raw just cuz I think I think Miz can could really get people to to cheer Nakamura. Not that he necessarily needs that. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to see how the reactions to him are at live events, but um I think Ziggler he, he, you know he he can be really strong on the mic when he's motivated and he can he can really help get Nakamura over. I think he knows this is a big opportunity. I mean, considering, God, remember, remember what was it that felt like years, but it was really just six weeks of the heel Ziggler thing with Apollo and uh, Callisto. I mean, thank God that's over with. Yeah, he was he was running in place there. Yeah. So nobody sells, cool. uh, nobody sells better in the WWE than Ziggler, and I really feel like you you guys are right. This is this guy is perfect to help telegraph. And build Nakamura going forward, his move set and everything, at least in the ring. It, he will make Nakamura look phenomenal in the ring. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to, to getting to see that match, which is now the dark main event at SmackDown, but hopefully we'll get to see on TV sometime soon. Um, so we mentioned the vignette for Lana that we had, which was really long. That was a really long thing of her dancing, I felt like last night. Um, but yeah, yeah, it looked like. Uh... Chris tweeted out on our Twitter account that it looked like Lana's getting Emelina's old gimmick. Yeah, no, absolutely. They passed um, it on. I, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know about you guys, but I really felt like at first I was watching a, a commercial for like the play Chicago coming to town, you know, <laughs> at, at your local Fox theater at first. Cause I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm like, who, what's going on here? Cause it really just jumped into it. There was no explanation of what we saw. And, you know, finally, about 30 seconds into it, I go, oh, wait a second. Okay, now I know what's going on. I've seen some of the clips of her wrestling in NXT house shows, and um, like her entrance there, all of it's really good. I just don't know why they chose to show that last night to get people pumped about Lana doing a singles run. Yeah, it reminded me of like Kelly Kelly when she came in, did yeah. the, the exotic dancing, and was always trying to uh, expose herself. But anyway, uh, it, you know, if they're going to use her as a singles, I mean, you got to do stuff like this, but I, yeah. I, I wonder if she means more as a singles on SmackDown as opposed to being paired with Rusev or, I mean, it could be just something for her to do until Rusev gets back. And I think that that's more likely, although I could see them uh, doing, I mean, we saw with Miz and Maurice, how well a couple can work in SmackDown if they give them some interesting material. And I think giving them a freer reign there could definitely be good. Um, we also had the announcement, the new day is coming over to SmackDown. Um, and then we have the number one contenders match, Sami Zayn versus Baron Corbin versus AJ Styles. Um, so Raj, what'd you think of this match? I thought the match was good. I, I, it's hard to go wrong with AJ. I mean, they were, you know, ugh, sorry, clearly protecting Baron Corbin. Yeah. Uh, they made him look really strong in this match, which, uh, you know, with, with the push that they're giving him, it made sense. Uh, and now it was AJ pin pinning Sammy, right? Uh, See, was that? Yeah, uh, hit him with the forearm. So again, Sammy, you know, his first night on SmackDown to beat him. Um, you know how I feel about that. Yeah, yeah, Dennis, what would you think? It was a good match. Once again, still very confused on why AJ's even here. I thought you would at least continue because AJ's the big mainstay here. We all thought he was leaving, at least for now. He's still on SmackDown and... Not only does he stay on SmackDown, but it felt like he went down a rung for, for staying. When a lot of the big talent left, you'd think you'd elevate him up a little bit more. I know, you know, the belt's already in a program. I was a little bummed out that, but 
I really felt like if there, you were going to put Sami Zayn over or you were going to progress this belt, you would have had something happen to AJ and you could have gave someone a beautiful opportunity to build themselves up when it wouldn't have hurt AJ to take a loss in this or not even be pinned, but be on the outside and watch someone else win this. I really felt like that should have been the way they went. So we're going to have all championships being defended at payback with the exception maybe the SmackDown women in tag. Uh, I mean, we'll have the universal or we'll have the world heavyweight championship. Actually, no, we won't have the universal title. So we'll be two SmackDown, some raw. Yeah. It's going to be weird at payback. It's going to be a weird mix mm-hmm. of belts on the line. Um, but, but yeah, I feel like, so we've hit a big pause button that nothing is going to really happen with those titles, the world heavyweight championship or the U S title until after payback. Yeah, luckily paybacks really soon. So, um, yeah, yeah. Two weeks from Sunday. So a couple more episodes of SmackDown. So, uh, Raj, what are your sort of final thoughts on, on the shakeup and SmackDown live going forward? Uh, I thought it was fun. I don't know why they didn't just call it a draft. I mean, they, they had enough people move that it, it you know, you could have easily called it a draft. Um, someone in our comment sections wondering if they're going to do another one after SummerSlam. I don't, I don't see that. I think doing it once a year, I'm sure they'll probably do a couple trades or something, but mm. I think doing more than one is, is overkill. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. I mean, it, it freshens things up. I, I like the idea of Kevin Owens on SmackDown and Nakamura. So it'll, that'll be fun to watch. The raw side, I don't see that much upside for Miz there. I think he could have done a lot more on SmackDown. Um, but Dean Ambrose, uh, if, if they can turn him heel or do something with him, he's kind of stale in his current persona. But if if they turn him heel, he, he could be hot. Yeah, Dennis? Overall, I thought this was a great SmackDown. I, I turned it off going, you know, it was way better than I thought. They utilized the people they had left in a great way. It didn't feel stale, although it could have. It did not progress anywhere in any of the storylines, really. And I was quite all right because we were really watching this to see who was coming and who was going. Overall, it was good. Boy, I'm, I'm a lot of questions going forward on on how this brand is going to be constructed. I really wish instead of a superstar shakeup, they might have you know done something like a trade deadline. It, like you would see in some sports because there was not didn't seem like and i might be wrong there wasn't a single trade at all this year was there uh no see, jack swagger moved brands <laughs> it, right so yeah. so maybe you might set it up with a surprise trade here and there throughout the year and get rid of the draft and have a trade deadline where you know the rosters lock and then you go into like a massive you know smackdown versus raw pay-per-view or something but unfortunately that's kind of what we got. And who am I to second guess the, the booking team, right? I'm just, I'm just the third guy. Well, I, I mean, I agree that they should do trades here and there throughout the year. I think it, it makes the competition between the two brands uh, feel more real. But I, I still think they should do uh, something like this, a draft kind of thing once a year, because it, it really does feel like it, it, it freshens things up. And, and, and now you got whole new storylines and, and, and potential angles going forward on both brands. So talking smack last night uh, had Owens calling out, I guess, some some news going around. Uh, that's is it confirmed that Renee Young and Dean Ambrose got married recently? Yeah, yeah, it's confirmed. Yeah. So I thought that was cute last night with Kevin congratulating her. Uh, people noticed Dean's finger was taped up on Monday night. And uh, what was great, I don't know if you caught it last night, when Owens congratulated her, she quickly, like, moved her hand off the table. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she, she was sporting a pretty nice rock. Um, so yeah, she she quickly shied away from it, and Owens kept going. So I, you know, Owens on talking smack is going to make up for the Miz being gone because yeah. you could tell he likes that kind of unscripted atmosphere. You know, as soon as he came on, he threw his shoes on the table. <laughs> so uh, that'll be fun to see because he he seems like he can make the most of that. Yeah, Dennis, what did you think of talking smack last night? It was good. You, I think you're right. You stole the words right out of my mouth. I was worried that it was going to lack something where you didn't have the Miz and Daniel Bryant really setting things off. And hopefully, you know, Owens and Bryant can have a different kind of relationship or, or Owens will bring something else. Or maybe you can now highlight somebody else. But I think it will gratefully miss – gratefully, it will greatly miss – uh, the Miz in this role. I think this is what built the Miz and this is what helped build the Intercontinental Championship. And I, there's going to be a small void there for at least for me going forward. Yeah. 
Well, we'll get KO. We'll get Sammy. That'll give you some good segments. Although Brian, uh, Daniel Bryan's off. What was he saying? Two and a half weeks, his baby's coming? Yeah. But usually when people have babies, they're usually not off TV that long unless you're a big star. So usually they're on TV by the next week. But, you know, hopefully it's Daniel Bryan. And uh, I think at most he'll be on a couple of weeks. Yeah. And Shane's been filling it in for him anyway when, when he is. Man, talking, I mean, seriously, talking smack can even make a media, a good talking smack can make a mediocre SmackDown live so much better. Uh, it just makes the night so much more enjoyable. Um, so speaking of Jinder, we talked about him showing up at Talking Smack. Really, they gave him a great chance to talk last night, I thought. Uh, get to, got to see beyond sort of the one-note gimmick. They've been placing him in anytime they let him speak in the ring uh, otherwise. But so what's the story? What happened Monday night? Uh, Balor got a concussion from Jinder, uh, the forearm blows? Yeah, so he he nailed him with his forearm, uh, you know, when, when Phil, uh, Finn was coming off the ropes and running into him, and he blasted him. Um, you know, stuff like that happens. Uh, you know, I know Jinder's getting a lot of crap for it, but and, and if he regularly injured people, uh, I think that's one thing. But you know, this is kind of a freak occurrence. Um, but yeah, he he he's nailed him with that forearm, and you saw Finn Balor's head just kind of hit the mat pretty pretty nasty. Uh, but you know, he got up, he recovered. They kind of went finished the match pretty quickly after that. But he's got a concussion. You never know what that means. It could be next week he's back, or it could be a, a longer thing. Um, you know, his other injuries haven't been concussion related, so uh, hopefully it's it's just a, a quick thing. He gets evaluated and he's back. Well, we've got a little time till Finn's program with Bray Wyatt can start. That was teased Monday night since Bray's in this House of Horrors match coming up. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and and you know some. Someone wrote in our comment section, the same people trying to blame gender for what happened to Balor are probably the same people who gave Nakamura a pass when he broke Aries face. And it, that's a good, that's a great point. It, you know, stuff does happen, you know, so, uh, the stuff with Seth Rollins where he had that bad streak where people got injured. Um, it's, it's, there's no one, you can't really put too much blame. Some, something like the Nia Jax thing. It, it's hard to blame her too, because she was called up too quickly. She's definitely not ready. Um, so yeah, it's it wasn't you know done with malice, so it's it's unfortunate. But hopefully Finn's Finn's okay. And that forum was also the replay too. If you go back and watch that match, you know WWE they they replayed that hit and they you know they talked about it. So if you want to go back and actually watch that match, I think it was the one replay from the match. You can go with mm. the the hit. Yeah, they replayed it a couple times. They replayed yeah. it like right after it happened, and then after the match was over. Yeah. Well, stay tuned to Wrestling Inc. for all the latest news on Finn being cleared. Uh, so we want to take some questions from the audience, Raj? Yeah, sure, guys. Uh, use, use hashtag Wrestling Inc. and, and shoot them over. Um, someone's asking, do you think wrestlers that become stale should go to NXT, like Dolph Ziggler? I definitely think so. Um, again, it hurts them in the pocketbook because they don't, you know, you don't do that house, house show schedule, so you don't get that percentage of the the revenue and that house show uh, money, but it can freshen you up. Uh, if you find a way to get over with that crowd, it can make you, you know, uh, make you relevant again, you know? So I, I, if, depending on who it is, you know, I don't know if Titus would benefit much from going to NXT, but I'd love to see it. Right. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, maybe a Curtis Axel, you know, someone like that or Bo Dallas, that's having a hard enough time getting on TV. Uh, maybe something like that would freshen them up. That's yeah, tough. Maybe. That's tough because I feel like if you were to do that with one of those guys, you take away a spot in TV time for a young kid trying to, to to scrape by and work his way up. I'm not against it, but I don't want it to become the norm, if that makes sense. Again, these guys aren't on TV anyway. <laughs> I just I don't want NXT to become a dumping ground for failed gimmicks. Right, yeah, yeah. I think it should be once in a while, but not uh... – yeah. Not the norm for sure. But then it gives the younger guys more seasoned people to work with. And you could bring guys that are ready to, to the main roster faster. You know, like rude shouldn't have to spend a year in NXT. Like he's probably, you know, I pretty much already has. I mean, it was a year ago uh, that he first showed his face at NXT. Yeah. So, you know, I think it would help take the burden off the guys that are ready. 
uh, as well. You know, it's so weird now that I think about it with them not showing those NXT video clips, like with the tie and the 10 thing, I feel like all you need to do is show footage of the way the full sale crowd reacts. And it is a cue for the main roster crowds to be like, oh, this is what you do when Ty comes out. You know, wrestling is great for that sort of herd mentality. So I'm really shocked they don't lean on that more. Yeah. Which is probably their fear with sending someone back to NXT. You know, is this idea that they don't want to make it feel like required viewing for people. Well, it, it it probably gives them that failed stigma too if they go back. So it's, again, yeah. it just depends on how they do it. But I, I think they should do that once in a while. But it is odd um, that with 205 Live, then on USA, they're essentially, I mean, they give Perkins that promo time last night. They're essentially saying like, watch this on the network after. Um, so with NXT, there's got to be something else. There's got to be some other reason why they don't want to cross maybe continuity. I don't know. Yeah. Someone's asking if we see the, the Shield reuniting on Raw. Hmm. Yeah, I think so for sure. Um, Anytime soon, though. Uh, I mean, they're all baby faces, so I could see them doing a main event on Raw here and there, or uh, use it for a, a you know a, a pay per view, a B pay per view. But uh, you know, they're all baby faces, so I definitely think uh, I, I definitely could see that happening. They kind of they kind of did that at the Survivor Series where they all teamed hmm. up for a spot. Uh, I mean. It, there, Dean Ambrose was on the opposite team, but they still worked together to, I forget who they put through a table. I'm going to say the Miz, but I forget. But yeah, I, I, I could see that happening. What do you guys think? Maybe. I mean, although I think, uh, I think creative thinking is like, man, if we just wait a couple months longer, we can make this a really big deal. You know, like enough time will have passed. So I think that's what they'll, I think that's what they'll do. I think they'll drag it out a little longer and then treat it like it's the Beatles getting back together. Yeah, boy, I don't know. I, you know, maybe it's going to take all three of them to take down the guy who just flipped over an ambulance. I, I don't know what to tell you guys. <laughs> oh, that segment was so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what'd you what'd you think of it, Josh? Dennis. Dennis? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I get that a lot. Just call me Josh. <laughs> You know what? I was I was thoroughly entertained, and I like Roman Reigns. I'm I think I'm the one guy who likes what they're doing with them, not giving the fans what they want. But boy, you know the biggest complaint the fans had was they shoved this guy down our throats, and he's taken down this and then this and done this, and then in one fell swoop, you just buried the guy. You and it seemed like like every time Braun came back and beat him, the the ambulance crew would strap him down even harder. Like you're not fighting out of this one, buddy. So I thought it was great, and I really hope that they can build off this and, and let the fans see, like, okay, we're done shoving him down your throats. He's going to take a butt kicking like everybody else, and maybe we can move on with kids' gloves and try to rehab his image in more of a human lit, human wrestler point of view. Oh, no, he's going to come back looking super strong, like probably on Monday. He's going to turn the ambulance back over? Yeah. He'll probably be – you know, this – with the way uh, Braun dominated Roman here, I mean, I'm sure Roman's back on Raw on Monday. Um, it's almost like they're going to have, it feels like they're going to set it up so Roman beats Braun at the pay-per-view. Hmm. I mean, when have you seen Roman get destroyed and then come back and lose? Um, so, and it makes no sense. They shouldn't be doing that if Braun and Lesnar is the plan. I don't know if Braun and Lesnar is not the plan until SummerSlam because that's a ways away or if they're going to try to do that before, but if they're doing it before, then it looks like Roman and Braun is, you know, the storyline for the summer. And I guess maybe they give Roman the first win since it's an ambulance, it'll probably be an ambulance match or a stretcher match. So they could do some sort of gimmicky finish and then have, you know, Braun come back and win the rematch. I kind of said this before we started taping and I want to throw this out there again. And I don't know, it just had that feeling back in the old days when the guy's contract was inning or he was going to be suspended or he was going away for an injury for a long time. It just seemed like a way to write someone off TV the way they did it. It just had that. uh, We'll see you later. Come back in a year or six months kind of filled or at the end of it. Was I the only one that kind of felt that way at the end? Even though we knew he was coming back and he's still doing live stuff, as Raj had told me. But did that not have that being written off for an extended period of time feel at the end of it? Maybe in kayfabe, uh, Braun was murdering Roman and Roman comes back with Taker's gimmick 
next week. <laughs> not it's done again, not to me because it felt like uh, it didn't feel like they were writing him off. It felt like it was starting a feud. You know, usually when they they write someone off, they get them beat in the ring and, and just make them look like nothing, kind of like they did with the Dudleys and have them losing for a while. And obviously, Roman's not going anywhere. He's probably going to be on Raw Monday, if not definitely the week after. Um, so, but that would be a cool way to, to write someone off if you were going to do that, except it kind of gets them over in a way, <laughs> which some people you don't want them in a memorable angle when they're on their way out. Yeah, I said this before we started the show, but uh, just stop, watch, never watch Raw again. And in your mind, that was just how they got rid of Roman Reigns. That's how his storyline ended. Yeah. Never read another thing about it. Just keep that with you as the way that Roman Reigns went out. Yeah. Uh, someone's asking, do you think AJ Styles would win the WWE title in 2017? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Off Horton. I mean, uh, what else do you... Uh, Randy, I don't know, man. I mean... You know, Rush, as you've been pointing it out, I know, I know we've always, always been talking about this since Orton came back. I mean, it's, it's he's in a weird place. He's like sort of a nostalgia act, but not really. You know, they treat him like a top guy, but not really. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think you keep the belt on him. Yeah, I mean, really, who on SmackDown can they put the belt on? You got Owens, uh, AJ, Nakamura, if they book him correctly. So, um and Orton, I, I mean, not really anyone else right now. Um, so I'm, sh I'm sure they'll be going to Orton and AJ soon enough, especially with AJ as a babyface. Yeah. And um, and eventually, I, I can see Orton going over the first couple of times, and then AJ eventually winning that that belt. I mean, I think that would be the best thing for for SmackDown. You yeah. know, I think Orton is starting to suffer from the Big Show disease, where the Big Show has flipped from face to hill, the face to hill, hill to hill, the face back and forth so many times, and so many incarnates of the same version of himself that people just kind of say, you know, if they wrote Randy Orton off TV for a month, two months even, and then he popped in, saved somebody, it would just maybe jumpstart who he is. But you know, Bray has carried him for the last several months, in, in my opinion. And he hasn't done anything to help himself, and he's still not doing anything to help himself. He's still good in the ring, but he's just lacking the vision or the excitement, or, or see, just lacking something on the mic that just has not ignited my interest in him right now. He's just a nostalgia act without the nostalgia, I think. You know, it's like Cena, but no one has fondness for him. Um, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, Cena, at least kids go crazy. The crowd does John Cena sucks. With Randy, people are even over the RKO now. You don't even get the chance for that anymore. Yeah. I mean, people pop for him when he comes back. But then within a couple of weeks, they're like, oh, yeah, it's yeah. it's Orton. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's just not – he's just – he's really never been that kind of guy that gets a crowd, you know, going crazy. And, um, yeah, I, I just – he, he's not he nothing he does right now uh interests me that much and and he's a top star in it, and they should be he's becoming like the wwe equivalent dennis uh someone from your neck of the woods he's becoming the wwe equivalent of like kid rock kid rock's got a new album out and it's touring this summer it's like oh <laughs> kid rock's always got a new album out that i don't care about it's like randy orton needs to go away you know for people to have that fondness yeah. it's great when he came back but he's done nothing new since that's been relevant and that wyatt thing was weird yeah, well, hopefully. I mean, a feud with him and AJ, if he if he turns it up, that could be really good. Um, and I have Orton be the heel. AJ is the baby face. And who knows? Maybe that could be that could be it. They didn't have they had that match on SmackDown, you know, a few last month or mm -hmm. end of February. I was excited for that. And it was nothing, nothing. And, and it's rare Absolutely. that you see that with an AJ match. So, yeah, we'll see. Do you, do you and this is speculation, guys, real quick. Do you just think Randy Orton's a little just burnt out and has maybe himself lost the I, I don't say will. I hate speculating on people, but it just seems like he's he's you know kind of burnt out himself. Except he's always been like this. Yeah, I never feel like Randy Orton's even ever been that high on Randy Orton. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like he's not even excited by the work he's doing. Makes sense. I mean, he seems like a cool guy. Seems nice enough, but yeah, I mean, there's no gimmick. There's no hype. There's no excitement. I don't know. You know, with Brock, at least Brock's like this monster dude. 
uh with randy he's athletic but i don't know I, I feel like he's got a great run in him we just haven't seen that in quite some time yeah cool man so let's wrap it up uh anything else before we take it home here uh dennis anything you want to plug where can people find you online you just follow me on twitter at dennis 77 feral f-a-r-r-e-l-l i i tweet and we laugh Raj, what should people look for on the site? Uh, look for the first part of my Kurt Angle interview coming up here in a little bit. He talks about uh, if he's completed the WWE physicals, uh, if the raw general manager position changes his returning to the ring, and uh, talks about his Angle Strong app, which is available at anglestrong.com. Cool. Yeah, I've uh, read some very good things about that. That's addiction recovery and support, correct? Yes, correct. Very nice. Um, so I had uh, finally yesterday, Raj, even though I streamed it on digital, my screener of the Marine 5 Battleground showed up. So uh, we'll get around to reviewing that. The spoiler alert, the Battleground is a parking garage. Oh, man, you ruined it. How many stars out of five? It doesn't make, doesn't make <laughs> even crack that list. It's not up there with the Marine 3 and 4. But, it, but literally, you know what's funny? On the back of the packaging, it says the most WWE superstars ever in one film. Yeah. And that might actually be true, at least in acting roles. Um, yeah. You know, uh, what was it? The longest, you, or no, the, that MacGyver movie that had like uh, Mark Henry and Jericho and Kali. <laughs> at least they had like MacGruber. top guys. MacGruber. MacGruber, yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought there was one more, but I remember they had a bunch in that. Yeah, if you want to see Bo Dallas act and actually do a halfway decent job, this is the film for you. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Uh, it's something else, man. Uh, cool. So until next time, everyone, I'm Glenn Rubenstein, and we'll see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.